welcome to Up Close and Virtual with me, Katie Tew. In each episode, I'll be joined by a guest where we'll be chatting about our experience of starting and running a business, the lessons that we've learned along the way. We'll be sharing our top tips and, of course, best practice. Expect to be entertained, enlightened and empowered. Happy listening. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to the next episode of Up Close and Virtual. In today's podcast, I'm speaking with the very lovely Jenny Lovell. Jenny is owner of Northern Star VA Limited, a relatively recent addition to the Virtual Assistant Network. She's a self-confessed communications geek and experienced virtual assistant, I'd say, after a 12-year tenure, 12, sorry, 12-month tenure. Jenny's based in Hampshire in the UK and has got over 17 years of administration support experience and internal communications experience. Jenny is passionate about providing creative and professional support to small businesses She helps entrepreneurs get back the focus for their passions and their business goals. Her core values are honesty, friendliness and hard work and creativity. She, like I, is is a wife and a mother to two children. I only have the one. And I'm really looking forward to chatting with Jenny as we dive deeper into her journey and learn how she guides her clients towards organisational bliss. Jenny, it's an absolute pleasure to have you. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy schedule to join us um, and the listeners today. Let's crack on and sort of, first of all, talk about your journey and how you kind of got to this virtual assistant arena and what inspired you to start your own business yeah um well thank you very much for having me Katie it's lovely to be here um so what this made me start um so I'd been in my last organization for 15 years and I'd been a PA for probably 13 of those years and the last two years, I'd moved into um, becoming an internal comms specialist. Okay. Um, I was working part time. I'd already had my, um, I had both my children actually at that time, and um, um, so I was only working three days a week. Okay. And um, I just, I think I'd, I, I loved it there. I honestly, I think I could have seen myself working there for another fifteen, to be yeah. honest. But I think the lockdown had a big impact on me I think I've made a lot of us question mm. um our priorities and what was important to us in life um yeah. it's obviously a very bizarre situation to live in for many of us um you know sort of um just separated from your friends your family, yeah. nurseries your work colleagues all of those things um and then I found it very difficult to adapt going back after that. Yeah. Um, I felt like the organisation I worked in had changed as well. Mm. Um, and I struggled to sort of understand where I fit into it after yeah. that. Point. Interesting. Although I had a job, I, I struggled to see, see myself 
if I was totally honest I couldn't did the Um, company go back as a sort of a hundred percent in the office business or did they look at doing that hybrid thing or were you effectively going to have to go back to the office although working part-time but full-time in the office it was a strange one so we initially went were hybrid and then I was um encouraged to go (laughs) encouraged um to go back to the office um like full time for my for my full working time yeah um which I did um which caused some challenges at the time because my parents help with childcare, and okay. of course my parents couldn't be anywhere near the children because we were still there was still no vaccines at that point my parents are vulnerable so um I ended up using up all my annual leave basically to take one day a week off every day every week for about nine weeks oh. until I basically ran out of leave and then and then I think my daughter at that point my daughter had started school yeah um she was four so she'd started school and my little boy had just turned two okay so we just had to take by the bullet and put him into nursery for an extra day which obviously cost us an arm it was a fortune it was a fortune um so I think um I, I think really the biggest thing for me though was that I just felt like I was fed up of apologizing to each part of my life for being distracted by the other um and I don't think you can blame a parent any not just mother any parent of young children to be slightly distracted by things you know I mean I remember having a run of um one week and they were both at nursery at the same time for a period and um I remember having a run where one of them hit their head one week and I got called and asked them I had to go and take them to the hospital to get them checked out because they were worried they had a concussion and then they were fine and that was that was that but I had to obviously leave work to go and sort that out and then a week later my one of them threw up as soon as they got to nursery so I literally drove into the car park answered the phone Bam. and then had to turn around and go straight back to pick yeah. up them yeah and that was me working from home again and that was at a time when we didn't really work from home yeah and then the week after I think my son got chicken pox and I was wow. <laughs> I remember thinking yeah. these kids are trying to make me get sacked <laughs> but um so it, it was very difficult I think um and I think it is very challenging when you've got younger children um so I but equally I felt like I was I was getting you know I'd come home late and you know I was apologizing to them and I was distracted on my days off I was picking up bits of work here and there on my days off and um and it I don't know it just wasn't working for me really so I kind of wanted to leave and but I didn't know what to do and how to go about it or I kind of felt a bit trapped really I guess I didn't know I changed my role into this internal comms role and I kind of really wanted to progress it but I felt like I hadn't worked long enough in that environment in that organization to be able to take those skills somewhere else. How did the transition from the PA role to the internal comms role come about in the first instance? So it came about actually it was a really slow thing so it started before I even had had my kids um, where I just when I was full time in the PA role, I found that I was I was looking for something else. I was looking for yeah. a project, if that makes sense, yeah, to get my teeth yeah. into. And yeah. we were a big manufacturing organization with over two thousand employees working over seven different shift patterns wow. in four different locations. Wow. And we were a massively diverse organization, both in terms of multiculturally, but also yeah. in terms of their um the 
um, academic levels within the organization as well. So we had people who were super duper PhD scientists who were crazy smart. And we had other people who, you know, we, they knew they, well, we basically, we had some people who couldn't read or write within the same organization. So we had a really broad spectrum and all all facets in between, you know? Absolutely. So it was very challenging from a communication point of view. And the fact that we had no focal point there was no one entrance to the building. There were several different buildings. And we almost got like mini cultures within mm-hmm. the different buildings and the yeah. different parts of the organization, which is fascinating, yeah. but very challenging from a communication yes. point yeah. of view. Absolutely. Um, so basically, I just I just t- sort of got a bit more involved in trying to work for the senior management team. It used to crop up quite a bit. Yeah. My background before all of this was um, I have a degree in linguistics. Um, so my... <laughs> So um, that's help. Yeah, it's got to help. People assume that means lots of foreign languages, but actually, it's the scientific study of language. So, um, so I was really fascinated with like the nuances of how language can affect people's behaviours, how you can um, get people on board with different things, and you can evoke emotions with people with using different language in different ways. And um, I felt like I had something to give to that. So I slowly, slowly started getting more and more. Hopefully. And I slowly, slowly started getting more and more involved. And then it became part of my job yeah. while I was a PA. So I was a PA and internal comms, although it wasn't in my job title. It was in my job description, but it wasn't in my job title. And um, and then I got an assistant to help me pick up some of the work because obviously the work still needed to get done from yes, the PA point yes, of view. Yeah. And um, and then that's where I was. And then after I had my second child, I returned and I hadn't long been back. And then I was put full time in the role of internal comms specialist, which for me was what I wanted at yeah. the time. It yeah. was what I didn't realize is it was a massive baptism of fire because that was in September 2019. And as we know, the world's changed as we know it in March 2020. So I was only six months to, in my new tenure. Yeah. Um, I had to tackle trying to communicate what was happening within a manufacturing organisation to 2,000 people on the daily. Um, oh. We didn't know what was going on. No. But we kept working because we were manufacturing. So we had the, we had the, the letters from Boris to say that People, all our employees carried letters in their car to say that if they were out and about and they got stopped, well, I'm going to work because I have to work because we're at manufacturing. Yeah. So, um, which in itself was very divisive. So, um, you know, there were some people who were desperate to go to work. Yeah. There were some people who felt like, you know, it was a death trap because, you know, all those people in one area and none of us knew what was happening. To say there were no vaccines, people were dying. The death rates were all over the television. Um, It was a very different time. So now people almost... it was terrifying. But... I, I I have one really vivid memory of those very early weeks and months of lockdown. And it was the February before we locked down in the March. And we had, I mean, this sounds so insignificant, but it, it was just so evocative of how people were feeling. We had a new washing machine booked for delivery and we actually lived. Um, in a row of houses which is sort of quite high up so you have to access through a car park and up some stairs and the stairs are quite quite challenging so if you're delivering something like a washing machine it's pretty stressful anyway anyway this poor chap 
with his mate arrived with their van to deliver the washing machine and we booked for them to come in take the old one away and put the new one in so we'd opened all the back doors you know been really sensible about everything anyway he absolutely refused to deliver it because he needed to come in through the front door and we'd been in the house and he was scared he you could see that he had been completely absorbed by all of the news and just absolutely wanting to protect himself quite rightly and the poor chap just he completely freaked and said I'm not delivering it and just drove off yeah and 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 yeah. that is so indicative of the types of of behavior that people were displaying because they felt absolutely terrified in some yeah it was fear of the unknown wasn't it were kind of well whatever you know and 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 that was the divisive element wasn't it you know you have to deal with the communication side with yeah. those who are feeling terrified and those who have a very different attitude to it. it it must have been horrendous for you I don't even know where you started it was it was fine I mean I had the you know that I had great support from the senior management team um and as long as they were clear on what they wanted to happen then I was able to then clearly explain the messages um and we you know we came up well I, I came up with like an internal brand for specifically for covid messaging yeah throughout the organisation. So it stood out, people knew what it was, it became predictable. We set out bulletins at the same time each day, you know, and it was, it it worked okay. We got by, we got by. I mean, there's no playbook for that kind of thing. There maybe is now, (laughs) because we've all been through it, but there wasn't at that point. So it was... um, it was it was an interesting time really interesting. to go through. Yeah. Um, so you stayed on then what through COVID and set up Northern um, Northern VA when? So I set up um, while well, I left first. So I left um, I left in June 2021, and then I I set it up around the same time. As soon as I left, I set up the business. Wow. Um, but I gave myself the summer off because it was the end of the summer. I made my daughter's first year at school. Yeah. So I thought, well, rather than worry about childcare, I'm just going to have the summer off to look after. And I did things like, you know, I just read up on, followed loads of blogs, started building my website, all those things that I could do in my sort of odds and sods spare time. But I just thought, I'm just not going to worry about childcare. I'm just going to have the summer off to look after her and all the rest of it and enjoy it. And then um, and then I'll start afresh in September, um, which, which is what I did. That's fantastic. And I that's really reassuring to hear. I mean, I, I literally started mine and off I went. I mean, I we'd, we'd actually been in Portugal, living in Portugal um, and working sort of semi part time, but nothing very structured. Um, and when I when we came back from Portugal to the UK, I was absolutely adamant I was going to do something, but wasn't entirely sure what that would be. And I just happened to get approached by somebody who needed some help. And it just sort of all organically then went from from there. Um, For you to have actually physically resigned from a job, given yourself a wee bit of time to kind of enjoy the summer holidays and then literally gone live. I think that's incredible. I think that's an amazing achievement. And when when you started, Jenny, did you have kind of clients in mind? Did you have your niche market set up, all of those sort of things? Or how did you set out on finding your clients? 
so I didn't have any clients lined up or anything. It wasn't like I had anybody said, oh, if you go set up, yeah. then I'll, I'll book you or anything like that. Um, I, I basically just set up. I looked at what I'd done in my career and I sort of said, right, you know, I'm going to do be a VA. I'm going to focus on these three areas, which was general admin, uh, events management and communications. Yeah. Um, and, um, and then I, you know, I built my website. I joined some networking yeah I started yeah. You know, getting to ch- talk to people and even though I didn't have a business to sell right then because I was still growing it and well not even growing it like creating it, it frankly yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> I was a one entrepreneur um I um I just used to talk to people and like find out what what was going on in their business what did they need you know what were their struggles and stuff like that and then work out where I could fit in yeah um so I didn't get my first client straight away I think I I started sort of looking in earnest from the beginning of September and then I had a sort of a goal to myself that I would have my first client by the end of September and I didn't and I remember thinking at the end of September have I made a massive mistake here because I can't afford many more months like this and um and then a week later I took signed two clients in one week and I was like okay calm down now we've started kind of thing. <laughs> you silently you think okay, I can do this yeah but it was from networking um it was from my actually my first biggest client was from uh word of mouth from a, a friend yeah. Yeah. who when um, I happened to mention I'd set up my own business and you know he was like wow that's amazing well actually and then it was a it was a few weeks later when he came back and said oh you know actually we've got some work um and I still work for them now so that's um, lovely yeah, I was brought in to do one project and we finished the project and then I've stayed on to do other things. Other so, things. Which is, yeah, yeah, which has been really, really nice. Those clients are really rewarding. I think those long termers, they they become much more than just clients. You yeah. you really do get to know them very well and build you know, actually really strong relationships. And and extraordinarily, it's largely where your next clients come from, because that by word of mouth is so strong. Um, yeah. You're a proven concept. You've, you've done it. You've, you've got a proven track record and people will talk about you. Um, and there's no greater compliment than somebody who you've done some work for than going on to someone else and saying, oh, you want to book with them? <laughs> you know exactly it's brilliant so I guess coming back to the communications element um how do you approach comms with your clients and what strategies do you use to ensure your own effective collaboration because I think all VAs have this awful thing of you know managing clients and you know how do you actually manage the communications where do you draw the lines where are the demarcation lines all that sort of thing <laughs> I might not be the best person to ask on that one um <laughs> not great at boundaries to be honest um so I mean I, th- I mean it won't come as a big surprise to you I think communication is really really important yeah. when it comes to building great relationships with um clients um but I also think it's really important to do that in a way that works best for them so we're there to serve them so I'm not very much um if people ask me how do you prefer to communicate I'll give them my preferred method but if they say oh actually I want to communicate everything through Trello then we communicate everything through Trello I'm not going to start telling the client that they're wrong you know so if that's the way they want to do it then that's the way we do it or teams or or whatever I'll 
I'll dance to their tune, frankly, yeah. you know. So, and I um, think you've said something really important there, and it might have just been a very sort of throwaway, quiet comment that the listeners might not have picked it up on. But ultimately, as virtual assistants, one of the things that I think we do need to always have in the back of our, our mind is that we work for them. Yeah, absolutely. We are here to provide a service to them and actually that does sometimes mean that we have to kowtow to their beat their drum their requirements not necessarily us dictating how we would want to do it yeah absolutely and for me I think it's a two you know the door swings both ways as well you know so you know obviously most of my clients now I've had I've started with two new clients this year but the rest of my clients I've had for virtually the whole of last year all beyond um so I know them pretty well yeah. Um, but you know, if yes, there are times when the boundary gets blurred a bit, and I am doing work in the evenings, and I am replying to emails on my days because I only work three days a week. So okay. I am replying to emails on my Mondays and Fridays when I don't work, um, because I don't want them on a Friday to have to wait until Tuesday for a response when I'm back in the office. And it's a quick thing; I could do it off my phone. You know, it's fine. But then equally, they appreciate that they're contacting me out of hours and you know and it's not I don't make a big deal of it I don't start saying well I'm going to charge you double no no I'm not I'm not that's not the game I want to play equally you know when it's half term or school holidays or whatever like it is at the minute and I'm having to juggle yeah like the juggle is real yeah um they understand that and they give you know I give a little they give a little and it between us our relationship works and I think that that's what you get with when you keep your communication clear and you build those great relationships with clients then you know you can't take the mick but certainly you know they they understand that you know I've got plates spinning left and right right now for example (laughs) and the and the and the the cooker's on and 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 yeah no and and and, yeah so um so I think I think that's really important yeah it is um and actually, I think that the, the wonderful thing that, that you are able to really get across is you can do this part time. You don't actually have to sit at your desk Monday to Friday, nine to six or whatever hours people want to work. You can make this work on part time hours. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's what you make of it. You know, I mean, you, obviously you can't take on as much client work no. because you just can't because you don't have the hours. But then, you know, you're you're you know it's your business you you make it how you want it you know if you only want to work two days a week only work two days a week you know that sort of leads me really nicely on to that that how do you do that sort of time management piece as a virtual assistant working part-time and I think you've alluded to it a little bit with doing the additional bits that you might need to do but assumably that's really about you prioritizing isn't it yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say that, um, you know, because like I said, my working weeks were short. So um, um, that will change when my youngest starts school in September. That will change at that point. I will go to five days a week. But um, until then, but at five short days, because I'll work it around the school hours, you know, because yeah. yeah. they're still my number one priority. Yeah. Um, how do I stay organized? Um, some might say I don't. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest um I have to write everything down because since I had children my memory's shot yes um oh well, yeah good luck when the menopause comes <laughs> well yeah we might not be that far away from that um but I'm also a big advocate going through for it. T- <laughs> yeah. I'm also a big advocate for time blocking um 
So, I mean, I would recommend it to anybody. Um, and the way I do it, I know everyone does it in slightly different ways. And some people use the Pomodoro method where you do yeah. sort of 45 minutes and then, and then, but um, I tend to do it a slightly different way. So I look at my week at the beginning of the week, plot in what meetings I've got. Mm-hmm. Those are non-negotiable. Yeah. And then I look at when I've got specific deadlines and I put those tasks in first so that they're at times ring fenced and that's going to get done before the deadlines. Again, that's non-negotiable. And anything else that's more projecty, non-time specific based than all smaller tasks that I can sort of knock off in half an hour or an hour kind of thing. They yeah. just get squidged in the rest of the gaps. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I'm afraid if, if I can't get them all in, then I have to put them in at the evenings you know yeah. and that's all in the morning well, I actually work better in the morning so. yeah and I I, I I'm very definitely in a, a a morning um active much much more active in the morning and and particularly for those tasks that really require the concentration um the big brain stuff I have to do mm. in the morning but I do a, a relatively similar thing I have key tasks that I do rigidly at various junctions during the day then I sort of slot all of the sort of activity according effectively to how my brain's going to work so the big stuff I always do in the morning and the sort of you know quick transactional task-based stuff I tend to tick off in the afternoons Um, and obviously yeah the dreaded meetings online meetings in between (laughs) of which there are always a million Yes, there are. <laughs> Can you share any examples of sort of specific project-based work that um, you've helped your small business clients with? Well, so I would say that two of my biggest and longest-running clients aren't actually small businesses. Um, okay. So I think my corporate background did sort of enticed me towards more of um, a business-to-business sort of corporate yeah um client at the beginning so two my two biggest clients are actually more corporate based okay um that's still to say I have um assisted with projects and stuff on them so one of them I helped I actually was brought in to help them get through their first um ISO 9001 audit oh wow um, yeah. which was a learning curve and a half because I was a personal assistant in my last role I did not work in quality assurance mm-hmm. so it was almost I was aware of ISO and you know all yeah. the other audits that we had in that particular organization um I didn't really get involved in any of it no. so this was a real learning curve yeah, but um you know I worked really well with the MD and we we you know we learned together he'd done it before at a previous company so okay. that helped um and um yeah we battled through and we we got through on the first attempt with no non-conformances which is wow that is a massive achievement <laughs> Oh, I never thought it'd be a day when I'd get excited about no no non-conformances but yeah, and, and, then, and then you go through that phase now do I actually promote myself as being an expert in the ISO audit field god no no I'm not okay <laughs> now I'll park it um that's really but I think that's fascinating I I definitely have got to a point in my VA career when I've sort of started to pres- sort of describe myself as bit of a jack of all trades master of none I think the wonderful thing about being a VA is you tend to get involved in things that you wouldn't necessarily get involved in just with a sort of structured internal personal assistant role or even actually as an executive assistant you know I think we do get much broader experiences doing the role that we do and actually that's a great agree yeah 
Yeah, yeah, definitely agree. And funnily enough, I used the exact same term, jack of all trades at Master of None, about myself this morning on a call. So, <laughs> yeah, my discovery calls are largely about me being a jack of all trades. <laughs> <laughs> And how do you kind of weave into your working life, that whole sort of staying on top and up to date with the latest tech and tools and all those sort of things? Um, do, do you spend much time doing, you know, kind of your own self-development or do you just tend to learn on the job? Um, bit of both, really, I would say. Um so I really, really see the value in memberships. Um, yeah. So I'm I'm in a couple of different memberships. So I'm in a, a fantastic VA network, which yeah. um, is brilliant for keeping up to date with um, best practice and new systems and processes and just generally a brilliant place to stop for um, advice when you get given a task and you think, oh, I've never done that before. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's brilliant. And that really helps. And they obviously with that comes, you know, webinars on, new software or updates on software or all sorts of things that you might not have thought about um and since uh, setting up my business I've moved more into specializing in email marketing and sales funnels so yeah. I did a big training piece on that last year and um I'm in part of a, a membership for for that side of things now as well so again I keep the VA side of things fresh with the VA membership and I keep the other side of stuff up to date with the sort of um marketing and sales funnels membership as well um yeah I mean it's it's do you know what it's funny it's a lot of money when you actually add it all up yeah when I look at the value that it gives me and the confidence and the opportunity for growth that I get from it it's absolutely worth its weight in gold yeah um the other thing I've just done very very recently is I've just signed up for like um and like an accounting accountability membership as well for six months yeah which is hopefully going to help me to get a few things clear on my business structure and di direction um and help me with what's next yeah with growing the business for me as well so. yeah I I it that is such particularly if you're going into a period of change and you obviously will be with your youngest going into school full-time mm-hmm it is having that sort of goals and objectives, but also being able to hold yourself accountable for delivering them. Because ultimately, the, the wonderful thing about being a VA is that we are kind of responsible to ourselves. But that also can be hugely challenging because we don't necessarily have somebody sitting on our shoulder saying, when's this? Why haven't? All of those sort of things that you would have if you were working in a corporate. I do remember when I started quite early on, one of the biggest challenges I had was sort of doing that, where am I going next? How do I go from here to here? And then actually really pushing that plan into play. Um, and I really struggled with it and, and used to put it off and put it off and put it off and then try to deliver it at the end of each financial year and think, oh, God, I really can't do this. And then I asked my accountant if they would do it for me and become my kind of accountability manager. And they were brilliant and they've been really good at it. So I kind of get a little bit of outside assistance for that now. Um, but yeah, I just couldn't. I struggled to do it myself. I think it's very hard to do it yourself. I think, you know, I think that's it. I just, so I don't feel lonely working as a VA. I know some VAs no. feel quite lonely yeah. and I don't. And it's very odd because I'm very, um, 
I'm very sociable and yes. you know I like yeah. to be around people yeah. um I loved the atmosphere when I worked in my last organization I loved the people um you know the team spirit was amazing it was addictive probably the reason I was there that long to be <laughs> honest um but you know I don't know I guess things just change and you know I think part of it is having the young kids as well you know I get so little time to myself yeah. that actually this is being not. on my own to work <laughs> and not having to answer to anybody apart from my clients obviously you know you can't just go willy-nilly no, no, like no. you don't care and take the day off I don't mind. quite important um, it's I don't know I don't I don't find it a lonely place to be no. and being part of the different memberships means that you know when I'm struggling with a uh, a particular decision got, or a thought yeah. process I've got that outlet to go yeah. to and say look here's where I am yeah I'm faced with this decision I don't know which way to go these are the pros and cons kind of thing and then you yeah. can talk it through with people and you know you get some really great advice and so I don't really feel like I miss out on having a team have you around- found the virtual assistant environment more encouraging inclusive supportive than you thought it might be when you first step out god yes yeah definitely yeah definitely yeah it's I mean it's a fantastic environment and you know since since I've been a VA um the I've had a couple of friends come to me separately and say oh you know I was chatting to another mum in the schoolyard and you know they're thinking about becoming a VA but they don't know where to start or you know would you mind you know I mentioned you and they'd love to pick your brains and or is that a bit close to home because you know they live locally would it be a bit like competition I was like no there's plenty of work out there for everybody you know and the whole you know one of the best things about the VA community is you know the whole collaboration over competition thing that and it's it's not just a buzz phrase it's the absolute truth it's fantastic yeah it is and everybody gives up their time to help each other and you know it's it's just it's just a brilliant community to be honest with you and far more nurturing and inclusive than yeah I could have ever hoped for I couldn't agree more I I, and and I have continually been amazed and so grateful for the support that is out there I have to say I mean it is extraordinary and you know even through the coaching and mentoring that I do now people are really skeptical when you say you say that the community is hugely supportive because they instantly think that they wouldn't be because everybody's competing we don't compete you know there is such a huge amount of work out there that nobody ever needs compete um it's just it, it and and I think we've all learned that and as a result feel really comfortable about supporting and you know holding up and you know just being real advocates for each other actually yeah and I mean some of it comes with confidence as well and experience so when I first set out I remember getting pipped to the post um in local networking groups for a couple of gigs and basically I got pipped to the post by people who undercut me in price wise yeah but they were big they were big VA groups with, you know, um, an agency basically with, you know, probably a dozen plus people working for them. So they can undercut you because they can charge less. Um, Well, they're doing the volume, aren't they? So they're doing the the quantity versus necessary. I don't want to be rude, but potentially over quality. Um, And sometimes you will find that if you get pipped at the post by those types of environments, they'll come back. 
Mm, yeah, absolutely. Um, and at the time, I remember sort of thinking, how can I possibly compete with this? I can't drop my prices to those yeah. those rates. I just can't, I can't afford to live like that. But then I looked at it the other way around. And in a, cold, a moment of rare clarity for me, I flipped it around on its head and sort of said, well, do you know what? Those, then those those clients just aren't my people. You know, if they'd rather go for the yeah. cheapest option they can, yeah. well, then those aren't my people. And that's sort of, you know, without, without sounding like I'm bragging, I was right because the people that I did get as clients are still my clients a year plus on. So, you know, that sometimes you've just got to have faith in yourself, have faith you in have, what you're offering you and really put your have. absolute self behind it. Yeah. Um, and it can be difficult and yeah. it's ballsy and you'll wobble. Yes. But, yeah. but as long as you're not depends. doing something silly like charging £100 an hour for <laughs> basic admin support, then, then you, know, you may be struggling. But it does. And, and sticking to your principles really pays off in dividends, you know, certainly, particularly on the charging structure. You know, I always use that thing of, you know, you pay peanuts, you get monkeys. Um, and I'm afraid that tends to be the way it works. If you want somebody who is committed, intelligent, capable, all of those things, you have to pay for that. Um, and you only pay, you know, when you've got good people and, you know, that's, they know what they're getting. And and that's, as, it's as simple as that. It really is as simple as that. Yeah. What do you see the sort of future of the, the VA assistant um and 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 do, do you do you see a change in the industry since you started a year ago what have you kind of noted about it um so um I think it's a really good question there actually um and one that probably deserves a lot more of my consideration yeah. um I think the VA world's only getting bigger to be yeah. honest with you um it poses us with some fantastic opportunities to be able to nurture and grow our own businesses in whatever direction we want. So, you know, you don't have to stick with admin. You could become a launch specialist. You can become a specialist in a certain type of program or, you know, a social media expert or whatever is your jam. You know, you try it out. You see what you really enjoy. Funnily enough, I had a conversation this morning on one of my accountability calls and it was talking about the the role, the jobs that we do. We're all very varied in the group yeah. of the kind of businesses that we run. And um, one of them said, oh, you know, well, I'm always thinking when I'm trying to define what I want to do with my business, I think about does it bring you joy and does it bring you satisfaction? Because there are certain tasks you can do that you might not fill you with joy while you're doing them. But when you're finished, they give you great right. satisfaction. And actually, it was something I'd not really considered, but so much of my role mm. that I do for clients although the job itself isn't specifically like I'm not doing it thinking this is amazing I'm loving it <laughs> actually when I do it at the end I have got great satisfaction yeah. and that's that's amazing that's brilliant and you know as business owners we have the ability to um steer the business in to the in those directions you know take on those clients with the work that you want absolutely that's not to say you're not going to get any kind of jobs that you don't want to do um but you can certainly help to steer your business a little more so I think it's only going to get bigger I think the virtual world isn't going away anywhere soon no. um I think that more and more places are um 
uh, getting rid of premises so they haven't got the need for on-site boots on the ground. Um, And whilst that's a real shame for those people who are, you know, potentially displaced from those roles, um, there is an opportunity for them to go virtual and actually, you know, have the same job or better um, somewhere else. I couldn't agree more. And I think I think the more that we are talking about being a virtual assistant, the more that we get the word out there, the more and more popular it is going to be. And you are quite right. I think, you know, business is changing. The structure of business is changing and the the sort of in-house personal assistant role will, I think, demise because I just don't think that people are going to be able to afford to house them and you know yeah basically be able to afford to have them so I think you're quite right and I think this is going to grow and grow and grow and when I first started you mentioned virtual assistant and everybody sort of looked at you as if to think you were completely bonkers and what on earth is that Mm. whereas now at least when you have a conversation with somebody they were Oh, okay. Now I think I have heard of that. What you know, and you can give the clarity around what what we do and how we do it. Um, yeah. Um, when when I was first setting up my business, and I was having a conversation with a best friend from school, actually, yeah. and she was asking me how my job was going, and I was explaining that you know I was really looking to move on, and I was looking for the next opportunity, but I was felt a bit trapped. I didn't know which way to go. Whether did I stick with comms? Did I go back to PA? And she said, "Why don't you become a VA?" And um, and I had to Google it. <laughs> I didn't know what it was. Funny. How funny! And how and that was it? That was just over a year and a half ago. So, so how did she know about it? She'd hired one. She'd hired a VA, yeah, yeah. and and she said it would revolutionise her world. So, um, oh, yeah, that's brilliant. And where do you see Northern Star VA going, Jenny? What are your visions for your business? So, I am. Uh, so, as I said last year, I very much spent my time. Um, uh retraining to try and learn about sales funnels and email marketing so I'm definitely going to try and focus a bit more on that um at the moment I'm actually full up with clients so um I haven't got the opportunity to take on any project work at this moment in time but uh, which is a nice problem to have yeah um but obviously when I go to five days a week later in the year then hopefully that will free me up to take on a few more project bits and pieces um so definitely a little bit more of the project work, I think. Um, and I'm quite keen to sort of progress a few ideas I've got around email marketing support yeah. for people. Um, so, yeah, I think and I'd say there's, there's, with defi- your, with your there's definitely things in the pipeline. Yeah, exactly. And with your linguistic capabilities, you'll be able to churn out marketing emails that will just everybody will be drooling it and won't, won't, <laughs> we'll just have to sign up straight away. I hope <laughs> just just on that if you're going to go from three to five days will you kind of run your three your five days as short days to accommodate school hours and all that sort of thing so yeah yeah, yeah that's the plan yeah so I don't really want to have to think about no. putting the kids in after school club or anything like that um we originally always planned to put my daughter in after school club. Um, and as it turned out, we couldn't get her in because um, because of COVID, they had to reduce the numbers of children that they could take in the class and she couldn't get in. 
Um, so at the time, because we were still doing the hybrid working, particularly my husband's business were very good about the hybrid working. Mm. Um, so he was able to do the school, the two days we didn't have childcare, basically he was able to um, help out on those days. So Monday, Fridays were sorted, Tuesdays were sorted, my parents were here. Wednesday, Thursday were our sticky ones. So he was able to do the pickups on those two days. Um, but obviously that couldn't last forever. And slowly, slowly, they wanted those them back into the office more as well. So um, it just, you know, in a way, me leaving came at the, the exact right time. You know, obviously in the middle of that, we had yeah. another lockdown, <laughs> yeah. which didn't help. But um, so, yeah, so my plan is to do it as five short days. And I think broadly speaking, I mean, I'll have to suck it and see a little bit how it will work. But broadly speaking, I'm hoping to do four working days and then do one day as like a CEO day yeah. where I can keep on top of your all my invoicing and my yeah. back returns and my marketing and my blog writing and keeping up, making sure my SEO's on point on my website and things yeah. like that. All, all the, the things that I don't get time to do right now as so much. <laughs> it is very difficult scheduling that sort of stuff in. I mean, I think... Mm doubly challenged for you because of the short sort of period of working that you're currently running at and I totally understand that my goodness until I had the lovely Joe I used to do all of that at the weekends and I invariably didn't really get a weekend um but it um, investing in Joe as my VA has been absolutely revolutionary to me um and it's actually freed me up to focus on you know the stuff that I really enjoy doing in the same way that we all pitch our services to our clients it has absolutely worked in yeah. uh, under that sort of pitch banner but for me having somebody um, supporting me with my you know social media my diary management she's just an absolute angel and I genuinely will never ever look back it has been a huge change for me Jenny we are coming to the end of our time together this afternoon I would just like to say a massive thank you for you giving up your afternoon to talk to me I really really appreciate it and have really enjoyed talking to you and learning about Northern Star um, you've done a phenomenal job in a very small period of time and I wish you every success for the future so thank you so much oh thank you that's really kind I've really loved it it's been brilliant to talk about it actually and it's good to get another perspective <laughs> they're always different but they're always massive similarities in there of as course well. yeah Jenny, god bless take care thank you thank you so much Thank you so much for listening. Please don't forget to follow me and my guests on our social channels. All the details will be in the show notes. And please get in touch if you have any questions or topics that you might like to have covered in the next episodes. Or even if you would like to be a guest yourself.